If you listen to the show for any amount of time, you know that I do have a merch store or two, and I don't generally push my merch because I don't feel comfortable hitting you guys up for money. But if you're listening to me on anything resembling a regular basis, you probably laugh at the same things I do. You probably think a lot of the same things I do. So why don't you go check out HorribleDesigns.com. They have assorted merchandise with funny comments on it, funny t-shirts, funny mouse pads, funny coffee cups, and then some stuff that maybe not necessarily so funny, but is definitely relevant, whether it's a social opinion, an economic opinion, a stance on you know things like veganism or whether or not you need essential oils in your life. So yeah, anyway, that's my little plug. I have some of their shirts. They're comfortable. They're cool. I like them. HorribleDesigns.com. Go check it out. The podcast you are about to listen to contains at least one of the following. Strong language, disturbing topics, abusive opinions, generally things that aren't appropriate for little kids or overly sensitive people. So if any of that stuff's going to get your nose out of joint, this is your chance to turn it off. Welcome to I Had to Say It, the podcast where I talk about things that I feel need talking about, and sometimes they're not getting the attention they deserve. And your feelings, they're not under consideration. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Had to Say It. We're going to start out with the new weekly rituals. Well, it's not even new anymore at this point, but quick shout out to all the supporters of the show. We got Josh, Jake, B-Word, and the Iceman on Patreon, and Jason and Miss Aaron through Buy Me a Coffee. Thank you for the continued support. I hope I don't disappoint you too frequently. So there's been plenty going on these last uh, few days here. I mean, there's been more and more items being released under the Twitter files uh, that, at this point, it really looks like there is definitely been collusion between the FBI and all the media outlets. Uh, They suppressed information. They dictated what should and shouldn't be said. And it turns out, uh, in the most recent releases, yeah, they paid Twitter, at least the only proof we have so far is they were paying Twitter millions and millions of dollars, of taxpayer dollars nonetheless, to and f- compensate the uh, employees of Twitter for their time for, you know, the resources they were using to do all this censoring. And so, yeah, it looks like it's becoming more and more of a credible case of violating the First Amendment because the federal government was having censorship and paying to have American citizens censored. And a lot of th- one of the things a lot of people you know take in on the whole free speech thing is saying that Twitter's an international platform, blah 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 blah. And yeah, that's why they're allowed to do certain things because. But the fact that the company is based in the United States is makes it subject to the laws of the land, and the federal government paying them to censor free speech becomes a really significant issue because that is a violation of the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. And the right to free speech. So, yeah, it would be really interesting to see if there were any actual charges coming from this. And I know I said I was going to try and get away from talking politics because, frankly, I'm sick of it. It's not going to do any good due to the fundamental nature of people being fucking stupid. But this is, like, a really significant thing, so I do need to talk about it a little bit. 
And it would be really nice to see some actual, you know, criminal charges for violating the First Amendment being brought forth, not only against the FBI individuals responsible for this action, which looks to be a pretty clear violation of the First Amendment because they are paying a company to censor speech, uh, which, yeah, that you're not supposed to do that as the government. That's where the freedom of speech thing comes in. That's where the First Amendment comes in. Private companies, and that was the argument, too. A lot of people, and they're still trying to use it to certain respects, saying, oh, it's a private company. They can do what they want. If they are doing it at the behest of the federal government, it is therefore a violation of freedom of speech. And I'm sure it wasn't just Twitter. I'm sure it's every social media platform. And I'm sure it's every major mass media outlet out there, too. And they just don't care. I mean... It, and some of the stuff that was dropped in these Twitter drops, I haven't even, I've kind of gotten out of the habit of reading them because I just, I, it's not good for my mental health to be too focused on this crap. But it, some of the stuff that was released shows that at times where the staff and management at Twitter did question some of the things the government was basically telling them to do, the government would then point to articles and things that were released from mainstream media as validation for why they wanted these things done. And the articles were fed to the mainstream media from the government. So they were basically saying, well, look, this guy said what we said, so say what we say. And, yeah, it's very problematic um, in terms of the principles that are supposed to be guiding this country. So, yeah, it's an issue. I would love to see, you know, some sort of actual legal action come from this. I'm not holding my breath. Uh, I really have no more faith in the system at this point and a very minimal amount of faith in the citizens of this country to stand up and demand accountability. I mean, they're really good at bitching and whining about, you know, stupid things. But screaming and yelling at each other on social media is entirely different than actually doing what it would take to hold these assholes accountable and to remind these fucking politicians that they're supposed to work for us, not, you know domain and rule over us. But that's, again, I'm, I don't want to get too focused on the political thing, but another implication of this is um, the time's going to be coming up with the January 6th committee, which I still think is an utter fucking joke. They're trying, every time anybody that is supportive of this thing talks about it, they keep trying to say, oh, it was this bloody and violent uprising and a horrible insurrection and a threat to democracy. It was a bunch of assholes that forced their way into a building in protest because they feel like they had gotten screwed. Now, the implications of all this shit coming out from Twitter right now is they may have been right. I mean, yeah, the whole subverting the electoral process, it's its very you know sketchy territory, to, to put it mildly. its They're saying all this shit, but, you know, if these guys were right about what they were in their upset about you can't really still say it was a well i mean i don't think there was the only person who died that day was killed by a cop the injuries were there were there were some people that you know got shoved got trampled whatever but not this huge violent but violent bloody insurrection the way the people that are trying to act like it was the hugest attack on democracy are trying to paint it as that's really not what fucking happened and considering the left, you know, the side that's pushing how this needs to be prosecuted, regularly occupies Capitol buildings in protest. And many of their prominent leaders, 
spoke out during the riots that engulfed this country at one point, saying that they shouldn't stop, saying that they needed to be out there destroying shit and burning shit and rooting and looting and being assholes. And these are the same people that are saying, oh, well, this was the hugest threat to our democracy. And like the empty headed token hire that is the press secretary for the White House is making statements basically to the same effect. And, you know, when she's whatever she's reading in her notebook, I mean, I'm really convinced she doesn't write her own material because she's barely literate. And that's a whole nother soapbox. The point being. With all this information that's coming out. And people are still blindly pushing ahead with, okay, well, you know, this was still we have to prosecute. We have to do this. And now I'm no fan of fucking Trump. I, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I, he's too old for the fucking job too. It's, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Is why do we keep electing senior citizens? It's, it's fucking stupid, and it just keeps happening. But anyway, to, back off, back to the whole point. You know, this was not a coup, despite what the news outlets say. This was not a violent insurrection, despite what the media and what pretty much every person trying to defend these fucking kangaroo court show trials are saying it was not any of those things it was it was a bunch of people that were pissed off and they were protesting something they didn't think was valid and more and more it's looking like oh look they were right now do i think things would have been any better or any different with you know things being handled differently maybe a little bit maybe marginally maybe you know gas prices would still be a little bit lower but we were still going to get hit with stupid amounts of inflation because of all the assholes that said, hey, you know, what we need to do is shut down every single business in this country and just pay people for not doing shit and spend, you know, trillions of dollars in deficit spending and the, and the Fed just printing money to send people checks with nothing to back it up. There was a lot of piss poor decisions that led to what is currently going on. Um, the things that have happened since the election kerfuffle, I think, you know, I mean, there still would have been problems. I don't think we would be in quite the same sh- shitty position we are now because Certain things that the Cheeto did were actually good for this country because, you know, like him or hate him. I mean, the guy's personality is obnoxious. He's not somebody I could ever fucking hang out with. And honestly, I'm not even really sure I could respect him, but at least you knew what you were getting with him. And at least his priorities were to put this country first. And, and we probably wouldn't have been sending billions and billions and billions of dollars overseas to fund wars we have no business being involved in. He was very very much the first president in quite a while who had been actively trying to get us out of conflicts in foreign countries. So that's something to be considered. I mean, you don't have to like the guy to admit that there were certain things that he was doing right. I don't like the current fucking guy either. And honestly, I don't. He's done a couple of things that were not necessarily fucking terrible. I think a lot of what he's done is performative. A lot of what he's done is actually shit that, Trump did in the first place that he canceled his first day in office and then waited a year and went back and repushed these things through, like things for like with diabetes and getting insulin prices capped. And now his cap is only for senior citizens that are on Medicaid. So it's a little more, you know, specified. And a lot of Biden's policies are aimed at targeting senior citizens for whatever fucking reason. Uh, other than the fact that he identifies with them, I can't understand why that would be his main push because. If nothing else, one thing that our current culture in this country does is there is fuck all for consideration coming out of these young bastards for anybody older than themselves. And I've ranted about it before, and my stance really hasn't changed. We got a lot of people, 
particularly in the Generation Z category, the under 27-year-old that are just way too fucking impressed with themselves. They think they got all the fucking answers, and what they don't realize is they're every bit as stupid as every other 27-year-old throughout history has ever been. They're not these geniuses that they think they are, but they're so arrogant and so convinced of their own self-righteousness that they just push on through. And it is what it is. It's... I mean, man, this this uh, this episode's gotten way more negative than I intended it to be. I mean, but yeah. So anyway, so I'll wrap it up as quick as I can. So based on all the other information that was let out, yeah. So the FBI was funneling literally millions of dollars into Twitter to compensate them for their employees' time, following all these agendas that they were having put in front of them, and censoring people, having things, you know, pushed down and. Uh, reduced impressions and all this other stuff. So, but that even wasn't even all of it. And then some more internal documents are released that show that the FBI was basically having so many retired, you know, quote unquote retired agents moving into Twitter that they basically had their own like little sheet explaining and welcoming new people to the. F- they had their own Slack server. They had all kinds of shit. And the things explaining to them the terms that they were used to from working for the government and all of a sudden what the equivalent of working at Twitter to have the same resources was. Like, it was like an open secret that all these guys were coming from the FBI to come work at Twitter. And, you know, meanwhile, they still can't pay any attention to shit like, you know, who's trading child porn on their on their service. They're just more interested in making sure that people who trade memes about the president get their accounts suspended and banned. So, yeah, priorities are kind of fucked up, and that's another problem I have with the government, but we'll talk about that later some other time, not today. Uh, but, yeah, so that's my summary of the Twitter files so far, and I'll do some more research at some point. I just haven't really... It it seems kind of pointless at this point. Yeah, Elon is exposing a lot of a lot of problems that are existing in this country at this point. I don't think anything's going to come from it. I really don't. Uh, people are too apathetic. Everybody, the the left is screaming about how this is no big deal and how it needs to be ignored. The right is screaming about how it's this huge travesty and blah, 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 blah. And meanwhile, the people that are you know more normal, more sane, more in the middle are all like me. They're just kind of fed up and kind of thinking that nothing's going to come of it because nothing's going to fucking come of it. If anything does, I will be utterly surprised. That is some crow I will gladly fucking eat. But that being said, I'm going to pause here, take a couple seconds, stick in that quick cash grab penny ad, and uh, when I come back, we'll talk about something else. So, uh, yeah, hope you stick around. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. All right, so thanks for listening to that. Uh, like I said, it's not like it's a lot. I think I get a penny per play on those ads. Um, but, you know, every little bit helps. Who knows, maybe by the end of the year I'll be able to cash out and buy a Kit Kat or something. 
So, trying to get back into a more positive place for the second half of this little episode. Uh, the holidays are upon us. This episode's going to be coming out about about a week before Christmas, if that's your thing. You know, if you're a Christian or even somebody who's not specifically Christian but just happens to enjoy Christmas or whatever, I mean, great. You know, or whatever other holiday you happen to celebrate, Yule or Hanukkah or Tet or any of the you – know, there's there's like – like I've said it before, I think this time of year there's something like 23 or 25 holidays in the span of like six weeks. So, you know, whatever your particular poison is, the the end of the year is coming up. You know, we're looking at retrospectives. A lot of people are, a lot of the other podcasts are doing like year in review kind of stuff or talking about their Spotify wrap-ups and things like that. And You know, it's kind of nice. It's There's nothing wrong with looking back at where you were a year ago and trying to see where you are now. And Hopefully for all of us, it was, you know, a, a, a progress, a moving forward in some way, shape, or form, even if it was only a little bit. Um, I can't really, you know, without going into too much personal shit that's kind of irrelevant and probably nobody cares about, you know, I've started making some good changes in my life just from a personal thing. and like started working out again, trying to lose weight, trying to get myself into shape where hopefully if this stupid jab doesn't fucking kill me, I'll be around to see grandkids if they ever happen. Um, without going into a negative spiral of rabbit holes on things like that, you know, with birth rates dropping down and testosterone levels dropping in your average men and blah, 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 blah. Who knows what the future holds? I'm not, uh, not as optimistic as I was 20 years ago when I was <laughs> just becoming a young man and looking at the future with a whole lot of, you know, things are going to get better. Um, I mean, we can always hope they're going to get better, but I really I really think we need to start being more active. We can't just fucking hope and pray that things are going to get better and be disappointed when they don't. If we want to make things better, we got to start actively making things better. It can't be this lackadaisical armchair slacktivism bullshit. <laughs> Thanks, Russ. I love that term. Where we think we're going to be able to sit around and just complain online and post memes and clickbait and bullshit and think the world's going to somehow get to be a better place because and not necessarily because of any like genuinely evil intent but just out of selfish acts and people who have the motivation to try and do things that are making the rest of our lives generally shitter that's the thing they're motivated to do it and they're out there actively doing shit so sitting around bitching and being just passively whiny isn't going to get the world in any kind of better shape. It's not going to make things any better for all of us. So even though it's kind of cliche to say, you know, I'm, I, I'm not a person who makes New Year's resolutions. I don't, because resolutions are bullshit at the end of the day. That's what it boils down to. You have to make a commitment and you can't make resolutions and think they're going to change things. I mean, for, I mean, maybe, for, maybe for some people they work. I shouldn't try just blanketly discount things, but, by and wide, New Year's resolutions fail. They fail because they're made with an ideal of you're going to you know, make this huge, massive, sweeping change and it's going to just re readjust your life. And the problem with that is massive, life-changing adjustments, they take time. They don't just happen overnight. And a lot of people set these just utterly fucking ridiculous goals for how they're going to better themselves and how they're going to be better people and how they're going to do X, Y, and Z to make the world a better place. And then 
just due to human nature being what it is, the vast majority of us don't have the focus and the wherewithal to stick with this shit for the amount of time it takes to see actual results. We get discouraged. We give up. So my thoughts on this, and again, these are just my thoughts. I mean, <laughs> it's not like anything in my life is something people, most people would point to and go, this is why I want to follow this fucking guy. This guy knows his shit. Now, and maybe that's one of the things that actually makes me somebody that should be listened to because I'm willing to acknowledge my shortcomings and my failings. And Lord knows there's enough of them, but that's not why you're here. I mean, or maybe it is. I don't know if that's specifically what you want to hear me do is bitch about all the times I've fucked up in my life. Go ahead and let me know. And uh, we'll we'll uh, see if I can't arrange something for you. Um, but anyway, back to the point. I think what we all need to focus on in the coming year, and if we want to make the world a better place, I mean, you kind of spread the message out there. You know, there's a lot of people that say things and they're, oh, well, you know, this is how we need to do it. This is how we need it. But it, it's really not that complicated. It's, it's you know, kind of the pyramid scheme approach, the direct, the multi-level marketing approach. You got to not only embrace the ideals, but get other people to embrace them and start spreading the word. It's really simple in, in, in saying it, but a lot harder in actual execution. But the, the way to do this and have it be functional and to have it work and the way I'm trying to approach it in my life is, and I'm again, I'm not some you know fucking self-help guru. I, I can't tell you how to fix your fucking life. I can barely figure out how to fix my own life. But I have started making a little process, progress. And so maybe I, show, I share what's working for me and maybe that works for somebody else. I'm not, I'm not going to make promises. I'm not going to make guarantees. I'm not going to tell you that I have all the fucking answers. I mean, I, I have some answers, and a lot of people don't want to hear them, mostly because my answers don't take people's happiness into in the immediate consideration. Like I look into more a long-term view of things. What's going to have the most impact in the long term? How are you going to have the greatest overall effect? But there's not the problem is looking at things that way doesn't offer a lot of instant gratification, and as a culture, a society, a species, however you want to look at it, that's kind of what we've gotten to the point of expecting. We want that instant dopamine fix. That's why social media has gotten to be the monstrosity that it is, is it gives that dopamine hit, that little, every time somebody thumbs up one of your posts on whatever social media or clicks the little harder, you know, double taps it so you get a like. And every time that happens, our brains are given that little dopamine hit. Ooh, somebody likes me. Ooh, somebody likes me. And it's quick, and it's over just as quick. I mean, you know, it's uh, you want to go back to you know old hood movies and shit. There's I can't remember the reference exactly, but it's been said in more than one place: fast money ain't long money. And it's an oversimplification, but it's it's true. Nothing that comes to you quickly is going to endure. So. In the coming year, when you're looking at ways to try and better yourself, when you're looking at ways to try and better your life, when you're trying to better situations for people around you, because some of us need that motivation. A lot of things, I, I mean, when it comes to doing things for myself, I'm, I'm honestly fucking terrible about it. I am, when I have things I know I need to do that would benefit me personally in some way, shape, or form, it's really hard for me to, you know, give a shit because my wants and needs and desires are 
they're all relatively minor things. They're relatively simple. Um, I don't know if that's a coping mechanism or just how I'm fucking wired, but even from the time I was a kid, I never, I never needed the shiniest new toy. I never needed the biggest name brand shit. I was relatively simple to keep happy. You know, a few basic things and I was good to go. But my, my thing is when I'm trying to motivate myself, I have to think about doing things for other people. I have to think about things like, you know, I have to be there to take care of my, my wife or take care of my kid or I have to get back in shape and get healthy so I can be around to make sure they're taken care of. I mean, do, do they necessarily need me there to take care of them? No. My, my wife is a solid, intelligent, independent woman. My son is definitely intelligent, definitely independent. He, really, he don't need nobody to do nothing for him. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna turn down a free meal either. But at the same time, he, if he wants something, he goes out and gets it because he doesn't expect anybody to just hand him shit. And you know that's a good thing. But at the same time, I, to make those changes, I need to keep reminding myself I need to do it to be here for them. And so that maybe that's something that'll work for people that are having a hard time getting these changes in their lives to be in a better place. And maybe that's something we need to spread around a little bit more. You can't do it for yourself. Do it for somebody else. And I, it all sounds, I, I feel stupid saying this shit as often as not. It sounds incredibly lifetime movie hokey bullshit to me. I'm expecting some masculine, manly, bearded man in a flannel shirt to come out and sweep me off my feet before I go back to the big city to be a hard-driven career woman. Um, wait, that's wrong. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm really fixated on these Hallmark Christmas movies lately for some fucking reason. I don't know why. But, yeah, so in terms of the coming year, instead of making big, stupid resolutions, how about little achievable goals? You know, and again, this I feel like I'm spouting off some self-help guru bullshit, but instead of saying, oh, well, you know, this year I'm going to lose 150 pounds, say, you know what, this year I'm going to make sure I walk for a half hour every day. It's a little bit more attainable, you know, a little bit more reasonable. And... If you can't do that, I'm going to go for a 15-minute walk. I'm going to walk around the block. I mean, depending on how sedentary you are, most people, I don't I don't know how people live their lives anymore. I mean, shit. Um, when I was young enough to be more concerned with these things, I didn't care. And now that I'm older and it might be relevant, eh, I don't know. People, I, I mean, I don't think I have a lot in common with a lot of people a lot of the time. But there's always the possibility. And, like, for being as big and as out of shape as I generally am, when I was, for most of my career, I was on my feet 10 to 12 hours a day. I was moving constantly, not real far, but back and forth for 8 hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, however long I was at work. I wasn't sitting down. I wasn't sitting behind a desk. I was up on my feet, moving around, working a line, work, working a kitchen, working prep, delivering food, you know, delivering, setting up catering, tearing down catering, working action stations. And... So, for me, as I got more sedentary, when I moved into a more office-type job, and <laughs> particularly when I was laid off and everything I did that was physical activity was around the house, um, <laughs> it, it just it felt weird. And I noticed for myself, I do feel better on days where I get out there and I actually actively make a point of going out and doing a little bit of extra exercise. Whether it's, you know, uh, I go to the gym and spend 45 minutes on the treadmill and then do some free weights. 
or just taking the dog for a, a walk for a couple miles. And, you know, it's the nice side of having a dog that's young and uh, very outdoorsy is now that she's, uh, we've gone through a lot with her since we got her, since our previous pup passed. And uh, she had some medical issues and things like that. And, um, yeah, she, so we couldn't take her for a walk for most of the summer because we had to keep her calm so she wouldn't uh, die, basically. Uh, we got the dog. I don't know if, I can't remember if I've mentioned this or not, but uh, she wound up having heartworm, and part of the heartworm treatment is they basically poison the dog and then the kills the worms, and then the worms break up and are reabsorbed by the dog's body. But the problem is when these worms are breaking up and entering the bloodstream, they can be... If the dog is overly excited, it can be pushed into capillaries either in the lungs or into the muscle around the heart, and they can have an aneurysm or in the brain even have an aneurysm or an embolism and a stroke and fucking die. So we got the uh, super enjoyable task of keeping a one-year-old dog calm for three and a half months during the course of this treatment. And uh, unfortunately, that meant we couldn't really take her into the woods or really have her exerting herself at all. So, you know, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And my exercise routine kind of fell off accordingly. But, you know, so now things are getting better. But now there's also snow on the ground. So the dog's full of pent-up energy because she wants to go romping. But at the same time, she's, uh, I think this is her first winter uh, in Illinois. And uh, she don't like it. So she's content to stay in the house and lay around and snuggle up on the couch and stuff. But, yeah, that's neither here nor there. The point is, I made the commitment, the dog needs to get the exercise. She needs to get out there and walk. So big guy's got to take her for a walk, or the wife's got to take her for a walk, or we take her for a walk together, which is actually a really nice way to spend a couple hours together in the afternoon or evening. But not real likely to continue during the winter because there's snow on the ground now, and that just ain't going to happen. I mean, the trails we like to go on turn into unnavigatable messes when this kind of stuff happens because they're either super slick from the ice or from the you know snow melts and then pours back in the ground or they start to get muddy and then it's a whole another disaster but i digress I've, i'm rambling again so my whole point behind this is instead of making some big ridiculous new year's resolutions trying to improve your life trying to make things better for yourself trying to make things better for other people look at where you want to be and and look instead at the smaller, more manageable steps that can help you get there. I want to be, you know, around for another 30, 40 years minimum. And so that means I need to lose like 190 fucking pounds. So, okay, that's great. It's not undoable. I mean, it's it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take some time it's I'm, I'm pretty sure at some point i'm going to be utterly disgusting with a bunch of saggy gross skin hanging off of me but you know they got surgeries to fix that uh assuming the jab doesn't kill me between now and then we'll cross that bridge when we come to it i got good insurance through my job i'm not super concerned about it <laughs> but um uh, you know that it's it starts out simple enough you know eliminating junk food from my diet i'm not really a big junk food guy but i I am terrible about snacking on the assorted little like candy jars and stuff that are scattered throughout work. It's not even deliberate most days. I just walk by and as I'm on my way to the kitchen or whatever, I'll snag a Hershey's Kiss or whatever. And, you know, that crap adds up. Or, you know, little doable steps. Making sure I get that half hour, 45 minute walk in every, every day. Or making sure I'm going to the gym for a couple hours a day. 
um, you know, they're not massive life changes, but they're cumulative. The effects will add up. They'll get you there. And again, I don't, I don't know what your personal goals are. Maybe, maybe you need a new vehicle. Maybe you want to put a down payment on a house. Maybe you want to go on that vacation. And there's a lot of ways to get there. And they sound very, you know, stupid Facebook clickbait list type things. But realistically, if you can commit to them, they work. And you got to kind of decide where is your priority lying. So, yeah, commit to them. Follow the plan. Do the thing. Set it up, you know, get a change jar every time. I mean, that that one doesn't work very good anymore because I know a lot of us don't pay for shit with cash anymore. But, um, you know, look into Acorns. If you if you do everything digitally, there's a app out there that will round up every purchase you make and put the change into a separate account and store it for whatever. Look into something like that. Um, You know, just itty-bitty baby steps and... If you got some kind of weird-ass goal and you actually think I'm the kind of person you want to trust, reach out to me. I'll see if we can't, we'll sit down and talk about it, see if we can't schedule something where we can figure out a way to get where you want to be. Um, Not that, like I said, again, I'm I'm not some life coach. I'm not some guru. I don't have some super admirable life that everybody should want to, you know, imitate. But I am smart enough to learn from my mistakes, and I've made enough of those where I can possibly offer some advice on things you might want to do and things you might want to change or just a different perspective on things. So that's kind of my, uh, my spiel for this one is, you know, with, with the new year coming, it's a good time to sit back and think about where we've been and where we want to be. So maybe that's what we do. Maybe we think about things. And I guess for now, that's what I had to say. Thanks for listening to another episode, guys. If you liked what you heard, leave a comment, leave a review, leave a rating, Go to IHadToSayItPodcast.com, sign up for the mailing list, interact with the show, click the links, sign up for the Patreon, join the Discord, come and interact, be a part of the show, buy the merch, support your favorite creator, or support me. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Till next time.